Now, there are a lot of things in life like that, that warn us like of, of different things, okay? Uh, I remember when I was, uh, when Trace, he's probably a year old, I was talking to my wife on the phone and uh, she was at the nursing home, okay? And I heard this in the background, this thing go, and she goes, I gotta go, Trace just pulled the fire alarm and she hung up. They're like willing all the, the older people out and like, so when you hear that, like you respond to it, right? It's it's warning you. Uh, you know, I uh, my friend Gene, that he flies. Okay, you can fly a plane, and and we talked about it one time. Like you can fly into a cloud, all right, and you can think you're right side up, but you'll come out and you'll be upside down. And uh, I actually talked to a guy that that happened to. Like he said, he was in the cloud. He wasn't paying attention to his instruments. And when he came out, like before he came out, everything snapped to the ceiling and he came out and he was upside down. So like you have to pay attention like to the instruments, right? Just like our cars. Like you ever drive your car and it says, like mine has a a code on it right now. It's telling me to fix one of the tires. And it has said that for the last six months. Like, you know, we look at it and we think, ah, you know, we do. But really, like we want to pay attention to that, those things. Like in And in the same way, when we talk about Balaam today and his donkey, like you might think, how does this relate to me? It can relate to us very much. Uh, In this story, like you'll see God uh, asking him to do something and him going his own way. But we need to, like as we read the Bible, I think sometimes we read it and we just pick and choose, you know, kind of what we want. And everything's in there for a reason, right? Like God has given us instructions to help us through life, not to hinder our fun. And uh, we'll talk about that as well. And we have God, we have his Holy Spirit, we have the word, and it's our instrument panel. And it gives us freedom. So we're going to start in Numbers 22, verse 1. It says this, Then the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab and camped along Jordan across the Jericho. Now Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites in Moab and was terrified because there were so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, this horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox licks up grass of the field. So I'm going to paraphrase next, like what has happened. So, So Balak, who's the king of Moab, all right, he sent for this guy named Balaam. And he wanted Balaam to put a curse on the Israelites. So they sent the elders from Moab with money to pay Balaam, and they asked him to curse the Israelites. All right, so the first thing I want you to know about Balaam is this. He was eager to do his own will. All right, so, and we're going to read on. So in verse 8, all right, it says, Spend the night here, Balaam said to them, and I will report back to you with the answer the Lord gives me. So the Moabite officials stayed with him. God came to Balaam and asked, who are these men with you? And Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. A people that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I will be able to fight them and drive them away. He was, so in 12 it says, but God said to Balaam, do not go with them. You must not put a curse on those people because they are blessed. So he blessed them. I'm going to paraphrase this next part. So 
he gets up the next morning and he says, the Lord told me that I cannot go with you. And then he sent the men away. So Balak then had more distinguished men go out and offer Balaam more money to curse them. Balak told Balaam he, he, if he put a curse on the Israelites, he would reward him handsomely. So if you look in 18, it says, but Balaam answered them, even if Balak gave me all the silver and gold in his palace, I could not do anything great or small to go beyond the command of my Lord, my God. Now spend the night here so that I can find out what else the Lord will tell me. So that night, God came to Balaam and said, since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you. Balaam got up in the morning saddled his donkey and went to Moabite officials with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. So like God meets with him and says, hey, like you can go, but do only what I tell you to do. And then it says he woke up in the morning, he saddled his donkey and he went, but the Lord got angry. So it kind of feels like God is, it's like, what are, what are we doing here, God? Like you told him to go, but but if you look at what he said, he said, if they, when they summons you to go, like, then go. So God attached a condition to Balaam's departure. Only if Balak's servants called Balaam and Balaam to go with them, could he go. Balaam simply got up and went. There was disobedience to God's word. Balaam did not actually believe what God said, so he did not do what God wanted him to do. God said he could go if they asked. They did not ask, and yet he went anyway, all right? So it pretty much goes to say that I believe that God's ways are the best ways, right? Uh, and I think we acknowledge that, but we don't necessarily do that, right? There's a, diff there's a big difference between saying and doing, isn't there? Uh, so we can... We can read the Bible and we can focus on God, but a lot of times we can kind of pick and choose like what we want to follow and what we want to do. And we usually pick the things that we are comfortable with, right? And we kind of leave out the things that we are uncomfortable with. John 14, 23 says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. So he was doing what God said, kind of, you know, um, so when I was little, I would like clean my room and I still clean like this. You can ask my wife, like if you were to call me and say, Chris, I'm coming over. Okay. I'm going to clean as fast as I can. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab everything and I'm going to throw it in the closet. Okay. So you can't see it. Dishes, anything I can get my hands on, I'm going to throw it in the closet. Like when I was little, I would do the same when I cleaned my room. I would put everything under the bed. I'd put everything in the closet. And then my mom would say these words. She would say, okay, I'd say, it's clean. And she would say, all right, I'm going to check it now. And I knew I was in trouble then. Like, because she was going to find all this stuff because that's what moms do, right? So, and, you know, Courtney and my mom would say, hey, you know, uh, that's not clean when you do that. Because it's not, right? So if I cleaned it the right way, it wouldn't create problems later. Uh, everything's going to get messy again because I'm going to have to drag the biscuits and gravy pan and everything out of Courtney's closet, you know, and I mean, this is going to, Courtney will have to wash her clothes because I got food on it. I mean, it'll be, you know, if I would have done it the right way, then I wouldn't be doing this, what I'm doing uh, now. 
So Matthew 28, it says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so we, when we look at that scripture, like Jesus, like he's telling people, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Like we can look at that scripture and we can say, you know, you know, that it is a tough scripture. Like we might think that Jesus, like in heaven, you know, or God was like, you know what? Like, uh, I know that lusting after people is fun, so I'll just take that away. But that's not really the case here. So why does he do that? Well, uh, Jesus is saying this to protect us. You know, he's not saying it to spoil our fun. Uh, Amanda and I, when we would talk to different schools, we would go to schools, and one of the talks that we would give them was the dangers of pornography. Okay, so we were talking to, you know, anywhere from 8th grade to 12th grade about the dangers of pornography. And we would tell them, like, that it's something that they should not do and they should not look at. And when we would tell them that, you could see in their eyes that they thought that we were dumb. Like, like, what is it? And some of them would even say, how is that going to hurt me? Like, I'm not married. I, you know, I can do this and, it, and it's okay. But the thing they don't realize is, like, by doing that, by lusting on people, like, and people get addicted to that, when they get married, like, that just doesn't go away. You don't just flip a switch, you know, and you're addicted to something, and then it, it disappears. It's something that they're going to struggle with. It's something that can affect their marriage, you know. So, and at this time, like, they're not realizing. And also, like, why would Jesus say this? Well, he knows that it will cause problems for us, and, like, it turns the other person into, like, an object, Right? If you're looking at someone, if you're less enough someone, if someone's looking at pornography, then that person is an object. Like that person is actually God's creation. It's someone's little girl. It's someone's little boy. It's somebody's baby that they're looking and lusting after. So, so he says this not because he wants to spoil our fun. He says this because he wants to protect our hearts. So the things in the Bible are things that we need to look at all of it, like, and use it. And the things that are hard, like, those are the things that are going to make us grow. Uh, like, a, like a parent, like a parent uh, looks after his child. Trace, when he was little, he had this thing. And it is really weird, but we, during 4th of July, we would give the kids sparklers. Trace was, you know, old enough to walk, barely talk, but he liked to take the sparklers and I don't know if he's trying to look at him close, but he would try to put him in his eyes. Okay, so that's not good. I would, we would take them away and he would cry, you know, like that we have done something bad to him. You know, we knew what that would do to him. He was little and he didn't understand. So we would go ahead and take him away and let him cry because we didn't want him to burn his eyeballs off, you know. So God, like, that's, we, he has wisdom. Like, he might look down. We might think that we know the best way, but, like, he always does. God leads and guides and directs his children in ways that do not always make sense to the human mind. And he's doing the same with Balaam here. He gives them directions. He tells them what to do. Like, in Balaam, like, he disobeys those directions. So he was blind to God's punishment. So Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. In 23, it says, When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, 
it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. So the angel of the Lord was there, but Balaam did not see it or recognize it. And his thoughts must have been elsewhere. And a lot of times we can go off God's path and we can't see the things that are causing our pain. And a lot of the times we might blame those on God, but it's actually us that, you know, we're our worst enemy sometimes. This week, uh, I pulled up into Dairy Queen, it was Friday, and I ordered uh, two sausage biscuit and a bacon, egg, and cheese, all right? So I come in here and I usually try to give them away, you know, to the staff. I try to give to Frank, I try to give, but no one was here Friday, so I ate all of them. Now, I am not joking, like I ate them all, and like I just, I laid down on the couch and I fell asleep for like two hours. I was in some kind of carb bread coma, you know, like, I mean, from eating all of that. And I remember praying, God, I'm so tired, please help me to get, but like, who caused that? I did, right? That was me doing that. I know if I eat like a pig and I don't take care of my body, like I'm not gonna feel great, but I'll do that sometimes and then I'll pray for God to help me feel better. But, you know, and we can do that. We can, we can create problems and then we can forget, you know, that, you know, when, with our job, you know, if we go into our job and we always just don't like it and we just don't like the people at our job, we don't like the work that we do and we're not looking at our job like a missions field, but we're looking at it like something else, like, and we can pray, hey, God, like, give me, a, give me strength to get through this or God, give me a, another job when really, like, we're causing the problems that we have ourselves, right? Or, like, our marriage, if we're not... Uh, you know, doing, I know like when my marriage is not going like I want it to, it's the times that like I'm really not close to God. And it's the times that I'm really not following the Bible or following his plan. I mean, everywhere in life we can look like if we follow the Bible, I think it gives us freedom. Now I don't say like things are always gonna be perfect because Jesus said that it wouldn't be, but it will give us freedom. So he was blind to God's punishment. And also, like, he was angered by roadblocks. So when we get out of God's will, I believe he will often put roadblocks in the way to get our attention. So in 26, it says, Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry, and he beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said, Balaam, what have I done to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, you have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but, but I would have spared it. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. 
Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. So this is a funny, crazy kind of story. So notice a few things here. Uh, one is that the angel of the Lord, like he's standing in the road, and the donkey is, is you know, not going near him. And Balaam is beating him. But then, like something crazy happened, like the donkey talks, okay? So I want you to know, like, like the donkey talks. So the last time an animal had talked was, was the serpent, okay? This wasn't like Sesame Street and animals talked, like they didn't talk. But the donkey says something to Balaam, all right? Now, think about that. Listen, like if you're at your house and you have a pet, all right? Pet jumps up on the bed and is like, hey, I just wanted to share with you that I'm hungry. Like, so if that happened to me, I would scream and then I would run, you know, because that just doesn't happen. So the donkey spoke and he just didn't think it was a big deal. Like he talked back to the donkey. And then like every time you see an angel of the Lord in the Bible, someone, what do they do? Well, they like drop to the ground. And sometimes they say, don't fear. Like it, you know, it's not that they are scary, but like if you're in your house, whatever you do in your room, if you're listening to rap music or watching Matlock on the TV, and then an angel of the Lord appears in front of your bed, like you're gonna not know what to do, right? You're gonna fall on the ground. So both these things happen and it's like he's not really affected by it. He actually drops face down when he notices the angel of the Lord, but it took him a second to notice it. So God like puts these roadblocks in his way. The donkey, you know, the donkey was talking to him. Um, the angel of the Lord. And he does that sometimes. I remember it was probably around Christmas time. I sent a text message to somebody that, you know, I wasn't very happy with, and it wasn't a very nice text message, all right? So I'm typing this text message up, and in my head, I'm thinking, mm, like, should I send this, you know? And, and as I'm doing it, I can't actually, I, it takes me a long time to even type it because my kids, for some reason, became crazy, you know, and they were screaming and hollering. I'm trying to type this, one's crying, the others had needed this diaper change, and I'm trying to text this. So I, I finally get it. I let Courtney see it, and she says this, uh, don't you send that. And I said, well, I'm going to because I'm an adult. I can do what I want, you know. Like, and so I pushed send, and I promise it did not go through. And I thought, this stupid phone, I'm going to send it again. So, so I did. And then the next morning I felt pretty terrible, you know, about, you know, uh, some of the things that I said, and I apologize to this person, but, you know, I feel like God was giving me many roadblocks not to do this, but, but my will was strong, and I, and I wanted it to happen, and I was mad, and when I'm mad, I want to be mad, you know, and it's not right, but that's how I feel. So I think sometimes, like God, we need to recognize the roadblocks that God puts in place. Maybe it is, maybe it didn't work out with that person that you've been dating, you know, or maybe you didn't get that one job that you wanted. Like, sometimes that's a blessing. And God is setting up roadblocks in our life because he has something better for us. 
following sin turned him into a fool. How ridiculous would it have been to see him yelling and arguing with a donkey? So last week, like, Amanda got this donkey and it screams, Frank and Amanda. And uh, we were trying to catch it. And I felt stupid just doing that, like running around trying to catch this thing. And this guy is like yelling, beating his donkey. You know, people probably thought that was crazy. Sin can make a mockery of us. It puts out our worst, makes us feel hopeless. It makes us irrational. You know, I, I've been working on a uh, house that I bought, and guys here have been helping me. And I can tell you one thing that I hate is drywall. I would rather eat cat poop than, like, do drywall. I would rather eat dog food. I don't care. I hate it so much. I hate it. Like, so I got, like, a piece of drywall, and I, I'm trying to put it up, you know, and I'm by myself, and it wouldn't fit. So I got it down. I'd measure. I'd cut it. I tried to put it back up. It wouldn't fit. I was pushing it with one hand, and I had some screws, and it kept sliding down, and I kept, so then I start talking to the drywall. Like, I'm going to kill you. You want to do this? I'll kill you. Like, you know, and it's not alive, you know, and so I'm yelling at it. And finally, that last time, man, it, it wouldn't go up. And I got so mad that I, I let it fall. And then I kicked it and stomped on it until it was in little bitty pieces. And then immediately I looked around to see if anybody was there. And there wasn't, you know, and I was, I was really happy. But I'm telling you, I know that I looked like a fool. I mean, uh, you know, drywall doesn't have a heartbeat or a soul. Like, it's just a sheet of whatever. Like, the devil, I think, created it. I don't, but, but I hated it. Like, and, you know, sin can do that to us. Like, it, it can just, like, send an a, a angry text message. That's not who I am. Like, I don't want them to think I'm some angry man because I'm, I'm not most of the time. Like, I love people. And when we, like, do what we want, sometimes, you know, we can look very foolish. So in the end, he, he could only do what God had said, all right? He said, do only or say only what I tell you to say. He finally could go, but he was only to speak what God told him to speak, and that's in Numbers 22, 34, 35, and 38. But he spoke, and he told Balak, he said, I can only do and say what God wants me to do. And he ended up blessing Israel three times. It made Balak mad, but he did exactly what God wanted him to do. And that's what we want to do, right, in life. We want to do what God calls us to do. So we learn anything. It's like, I think reading the Bible, you know, sometimes being a Christian, it, yeah, it can be hard, right? I mean, marriage is hard. There are a lot of hard things, you know, that come with it. When God is calling us to do like what he wants us to do and we read the Bible, like, it's something that we want to look at and we want to ask ourselves, like, like, I'm not comfortable with this part of the Bible. Like, I don't want to do this and ask yourself why. Because the times that we grow, right, are the times when we struggle. It's the times when we do hard things and we're not comfortable and we jump out of our comfort zone 
and we do what God says anyway. And listen, I'm, <laughs> I am not the best at that, okay? I just told you I beat up some drywall because I was mad. And I mean, I struggle <laughs> like you struggle. And sometimes it takes me a while like to, to really do the things that God wants me to. But there's never a time when I do those things. I'm like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I'm always thinking, I wish I would have done that a lot sooner. It would have made things a lot easier. Because God's word is our compass. Like, and, it, and it helps us. It warns us. And he gave that to us out of love. So today, I don't know what you're struggling with. But if you are struggling, I want you to know that that there are going to be people here, there are people here that want to pray with you, okay? And when we say that, like, there'll be people in the back to pray with you, I want you, to, I just want to say, like, what that means is, like, if you've got something going on in your life, you can walk back there, one of these guys will pray for you. What they're not going to do is, like, bring you here up front and say, so-and-so is struggling with this, you know, that's not fun, like, but they're there to pray with you. If you want to come up here and pray with uh, one of us, I'll be up here. I think Frank will be up here and uh, we'll pray with you. Maybe you've never been baptized. Maybe you want to join this church. That can happen as well. But, you know, in this time of worship, I just want you to pray to God. God, is there anything, you know, that I'm dealing with? Like, don't go at it alone. There's so much stuff in this life. We're not here to judge you. We're here to pray with you and to help you because we love you. So, uh, so today, like, if you stand with me, I'm gonna pray. And at any time during this worship song, you want to step out and you want to pray with somebody that is available to you. So stand with me and uh, we'll pray uh, together. Father God, thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for the guidance that it gives us. And uh, we thank you just that, that you're there to give us roadblocks. God, that you're there to uh, let us know when, when there's danger. Father, we know that because it's not like you're a rule maker want to ruin fun we we know that you've said what you said because you love your children father i just pray for these that are here today if there's anybody that is just having a hard time in life that they would step out father that they would find somebody and they would just let that person pray with them it's in your name we pray amen